0: This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Leed. Welcome
1: to IA Forward and welcome to the hard market. We've been here a while. It seems to be getting harder and it kind of reminds me of an egg. You know, like I'm one of those people that I like my eggs softly boiled, medium boiled. But once they get really hard boiled and crumbly and yucky and maybe even get that iron iron oxide ring on the outside of the yellow part that makes it look green. I'm done. Like, I don't even want to eat that.
0: You know, I hate peeling the boiled egg. I think I'm going to get the right peel breakup of the shell, and I'm going to get it peeled really well. And, and then the next thing you know, I'm peeling the actual egg itself. And then I got this butchered up boiled egg. I would eat boiled eggs all day long if I had a professional peeler in my house.
1: An egg nanny.
0: An egg nanny.
1: For some reason, I feel like we need to purchase the eggnanny.com because something <laughs> is going to be happening with this.
0: I get the reference in... I feel like we're at hard market 3.0 and it's relentless right now. And there's really no real indication that we're going to come out of it in 2023. Last fall, I was hearing 2023. Now I'm hearing 2024. It's just who knows at this point.
1: Yesterday, we were having a conversation with a new partner who actually quoted the podcast talking about the hard market's a great time at being a disruptor. And it made me smile because it's always fun for people to tell you that you're smart. But you know, I got to thinking about it and you know, and that sounds fantastic, but you know, we have a lot of agents that are listening to the podcast that are inside their agency right now and it's hard. And even though they may even be seeing profitability increase, being there day to day, talking with customers that are seeing these huge increases, seeing carrier portfolio shrinking, that just makes it difficult and it makes it hard to stay positive and keep a a fresh outlook for the agency and for their employees. So... We get being a disruptor, but let's talk about survival. Let's talk about how to keep those customers so they don't go shopping.
0: It's a great topic, and we need to have that awareness of the retention side. Before we go there, I want to bring back a comment that I made probably over a year ago around the option of do nothing. I'm not saying I advocate that, or I'm not saying I think that's the best option, but I think when you're looking at your options as a business owner and an agency owner not just a producer and you think about the cost and you think about what's going on in the marketplace and how our inflationary measures across all walks of life, everything's going up. So there's a little bit of consumer conditioning around this whole concept of the hard market and what people are going through and what you're experiencing inside your agencies. Be a retention focused organization right now. And I think if you start there with that question, and most of you are going to say, well, yeah, Shane, I I mean, I have to focus on some retention. I don't need to lose all this business. Well, my contention is is okay, number 1, you're not going to lose all this business even the ones that might on the rare occasion choose to do nothing because there's just the reality of customers going and shopping insurance and coming back with, well, I'm kind of in the best place, so I'm going to stay here. And there is a percentage of customers that that would happen to. That being said, once we make the decision on, well, I'm going to be someone who does something, well, how much do we focus on retention? What do we do and what tools do we have that can help us with retaining business through this market cycle?
1: I've seen a lot of agents want to explain this. And, you know, I just think people don't care. I mean, I think that people are seeing 20, 25, sometimes 30, 35, unless you're in Florida, and then bless our hearts. But these huge rate increases, and I hear agents wanting to say, well, it has to do with this, and it has to do with the Chilean mudslides, and it has to do with Hurricane Ivan, and all of these different things that are going on. It has to do with lawsuits. Good gracious, you know, here in Florida, we're looking at more government reform which is always helpful. But trying to explain to people the reasons for this, I just really don't think that's the best way to go. I think people don't care because the outside explanations don't actually help
0: them. I would even say people are tired of the explanation of inflation. You got all these different pundit sort of talking points going on. And I do think small business owners, consumers in general are just exhausted with inflationary talk. It's starting to feel like the cop-out. A year and a half ago, everything was happening because of COVID. And then people got exhausted because it's like, well, why are we doing this? Oh, well, it's because of COVID. Now it's, well, it's because of inflation. And now that's exhausting people. There's something to your point on that. It's exhausting for your people. In the agency to explain what's going on <laughs> and it's exhausting to the people to hear what's going on and then on top of that everybody's tired of talking about inflation even though it is really about inflation and it's also about claims frequency and claim severity and does that matter to the consumer i don't know they still are buying teslas and they're still buying new vehicles but if we're tired of talking about it well then what are we going to do what's our next option
1: so let's talk about what you just said about people being exhausted. Last week, President Biden announced his bid for re-election. And looking at it from right now, it looks like we're going to have a a repeat of our last election with President Biden running against former President Trump. And whether that changes over the next year, we don't know. If we knew that, we probably wouldn't be doing an insurance podcast, right? But right now, that's what it looks like. And it was amazing to me that in the polls, they actually use the words that 74% of Americans are exhausted by that idea.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to equally offend both parties. Everyone's exhausted about the entire concept of Biden-Trump race. 74%, I think that's low. I would say that is completely low. And maybe if you give 10% extremities on both sides, will that get you to 80. So maybe it's not that low in my mind, it's absolutely mind-boggling that this is where we are. I know we're not a political podcast and we tend to not go down that path very often, but I think it's relevant because when we talk about these same old sayings over and over and over again, people just get numb to it.
1: And this may be an awkward thing to bring up even, but looking at this from an inflationary standpoint with our employees, we all know that every everything is going up and we have this doomsday situation is even what it sounds like if you're reading any kind of articles or you're listening to television news and and oh gracious if you're getting your news from social media sources I mean it's just it's just rough and I have become the unfollow queen over the last few months just because I can't even stand to get on social media and see the crazy negativity that's out there but for employees they're actually seeing pay cuts in their pocket because of this. Now, are we cutting our employees' pay? No. But I mean, our employees are working with clients every day that are fussy about this. And then when they go home and they're looking in their checking account because of the price of everything else, they're actually seeing a little bit of a pay cut, if not a big pay cut. What are your thoughts on that and the encouragement that our employees need to keep going and keep treating our customers the way we want them to
0: treat them? They need to see action. They need to hear your words. And those things need to match first and foremost. We made a recent tweak in our retention program and process where we've taken that percentage figure of what we consider high or low risk in our retention modeling. We've taken that up about 5% from 10 to 15 or 15 to a 20% level. And that's an actionable thing. And that is based on direct feedback from our account managers who are managing retention. And I think it says a lot to them. It says, hey, we're listening from a management standpoint. We're listening to frontline and we're taking their feedback and we're putting it into action. That can be encouraging. We understand you're dealing with a lot of calls. You're dealing with a lot of things. We actually have tried and do a pretty good job of getting ahead. We do more proactive things to get ahead of the remarket request because what generally happens with that is when you're just responsive, this is the do nothing option, right? So you're just reacting to everything. Well, then it's kind of my hair's on fire stuff that happens when you're in a total reactionary mode. And when you're in a proactive mode, you can tend to control that narrative a little better and do it a little more. And that's been our choice. But within that, we're making tweaks. And this will be the second tweak to our retention price sensitivity. I just made that up. You like that?
1: I do like that.
0: Retention price sensitivity. We've made a tweak to this for the second time in six months. And I feel like that says to our people, hey, we hear you. We understand. We want to kind of give you a little bit of some more breathing room. Does that change the fact that people are going to have hard conversations with customers? No. But it also says that we're not going to also busy you with a bunch of busy work for you to have to review some things because we're going to take it up a notch and some of those things aren't going to hit your radar anymore. We're kind of doing the balancing act of both things of do nothing paired with a proactive approach, but at a different level of proactiveness from a price sensitivity standpoint. In regards to the first part of your question, employee paychecks and them seeing a shrinking paycheck, there's things that we've done. We've continued to stick with our pay cycle, our pay um, levels and raises and continue to do that. Now, we have not jumped into a extra inflationary jump at this point. We didn't do that for this year. However, there's some things that we've also continued to retain that we've done And always done that I know in the marketplace hasn't necessarily been the case. So we still pay 100% of our employees health insurance, which is continuously going up. That's something that resonates very well with your question, because that's one of the things over the last probably eight to 10 years has been in this constant inflationary pressure is group benefits and health insurance for your employees. And we've been able to keep that within the standpoint of we eat that cost internally. If we start passing that on, you got to pay 15%, you got to pay 25%, you got to pay 50% of your health coverage. Well, then any raise that we would be giving would have been eaten up by that benefits costs. We have a track record of that. I made the decision going into this year that I wasn't going to do this reactionary one year inflation jump to 6.7. Our average pay raise was somewhere between three and four percent, three and a half percent. So we were a little more than half of the inflationary change as far as overall inflation. And, And here's why. What we don't know is what we don't know. I reasoned that I would rather be consistent with our pay levels that when inflation bumps back down at some point to 2%, I'm not going to say now we're going to change to a 2% pay level increase year over year. Being consistent, while it may feel a little bit of a pinch For one year, there is still some different parts of our business that you know are sales and they have commission opportunities, they have bonusing opportunities. When you level set all that out, just being consistent was something that I wanted to send the message on.
1: I think what you just said was so key and that you have a long-term plan. I think a lot of agency owners kind of do this, fly by the seat of the pants. Oh my gosh, it's time to do raises. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna do it? Sitting down, having a, a long term plan, having a great mentor, someone that you can talk through this with is key. And I love that we stuck with our plan. Now we know what we're looking at three years from now. And I think that brings so much relief to a business owner is just knowing, okay, this is what we're going to do. And if we need to make some adjustments here and there, but it's not constantly looming over you because those little things like that or big things like that, that loom. And then when you get 10, 15, 20 of them, because we know that that's what happens as business owners it brings us down and going back to that word exhausted maybe that should be the theme of the podcast of is we're exhausted but <laughs> but that helps ease that just knowing what the plan is
0: big swings in anything compensation swings hiring swings just these big swings and not having this consistent process is where organizations get in trouble and while we're not employing 50,000 people and we're not at risk of laying off 2,000 or 5,000 people at a time. It is also, as a business owner, really important to me to not back yourself into a corner to a point that says, oh my gosh, what if the cycle does change? What if I do experience a drop in revenue? What if all these things happen that I went out here and made a big inflationary adjustment to payroll? Because I wanted to do this one-year hit. But when you do that one-year hit, you're stuck. You're there. You're never going to keep people and go, by the way, we did this big inflationary raise last year, but things have leveled out now and we're going to need to claw that back. Well, that's not going to work. Slow and steady wins the race. Approach hedges you as an agency owner, business owner against these swings that you don't control from the revenue side. You can obviously experience a problem and it can cause you to have to then cut staff. Everybody's thinking my grocery bills going up, my gas is going up, my electricity's going up. It's going up more than my paycheck. But I have a steady job. I have a steady income. We tend to forget that. And I want my company that I work for to stay profitable so that next year I also have that. And the year after I have that and on and on and on. And I think that as business owners, we have to be prudent about that. And we have this responsibility to rise above the reactionary exhaustion to the things that are going on.
1: Let's get back to playing defense in this hard market. And I think this is one of those places that automation can really help you. And I don't necessarily mean big technical automation. I think just the little things, reminding people that you're there, reminding people that you are live and local and you are not the British. Lizard. You are not 15 minutes can save you 15%. And I know this is one of the things that we're putting in place for our agency in Huntington are some new emails some new touch points reminding our clients that we're here and that we care about them. We have one of our Integra partner agents in the DFW area, and I love that he does this. He sends out $1 scratch-off lottery tickets to his customers and his customers' children for their birthday days. and especially when people are so exhausted right now there's something kind of cool about getting that card in the mail with that scratch off ticket it just kind of gives you a just a, a you know a fun little warm and fuzzy that they're not gonna have from geico or anyone else and so i think putting some automation in place reminding people that hey this is what i can do for you i care i'm a real person i'm here this is what we're doing in the community and it can run and it doesn't have to be that you're sitting down and individually sending emails to a thousand clients, but just reminding people of who you are, that you're there to help them, that you're there to protect their assets that they have worked so hard for. I think can make a big difference when it comes to playing defense.
0: The automation tools that are available to us today are just incredibly efficient uh, as compared to where we sit a decade ago, and this particular. Hard market is different. The timing of it couldn't be better, however, because of the tools that have been developed over the last four to five years and the concept of truly automating touch points and automating things that are just redundant the thing that has really come out in the last couple of months to me were the things that we say we're doing but we're not doing them i contact i onboard my new customers and then you really get down to it like do you Well, I forgot to onboard that customer and I got really busy and it's because they're manually doing it. They're having to remember and they're manually asking their people to send out this new client box or send out, do this new client onboarding thing. All of that can be automated. You don't have to think about, is this person doing it? You can make sure it's happening and you can make sure it's happening timely and efficiently. And that makes this ability to respond to this hard market completely different than 10 years ago, 15 years ago. There's just a lot of great things there around this topic of automation for this type of hard market and to increase your retention without clogging up your people who are, by the way, exhausted to keep with the theme of this podcast.
1: Or if you're a solopreneur without clogging up yourself, because if you are the business owner and the producer and the customer service rep and you're trying to do all of the things to create a successful agency and this stuff it can be too much
0: solopreneurs need to jump on this bandwagon very, very quickly, because it could help you in the timeline required to hire your first account manager. Automation, then potentially a VA, helps you as a solopreneur kind of kick that can down the road, but in a good way. I think it's a good thing to be able to do that.
1: I'm hearing the solopreneurs out there saying, but Shane, I don't have time for this, or Tani, there is no way I can take everything I'm doing and then spend the hours that it's going to take to set up automation. And I'm going to tell you, you don't have time not to.
0: I think that's true. Maybe there's the referral source... Setting it up from the beginning is obviously the best thing, but you're two, three, four years in and you haven't set it up. Well, then you just got to stop and do it or you got to put in that extra time. I'm obviously a work-life balance guy, but you may have to commit a weekend. You may have to commit some extra time to do this, but it's well-invested time. When we talk about work-life balance and we talk about family time and we talk about all those things, we're huge advocates of it. But every now and then, you kind of got to just get in the grind and and mm-hmm put your head down and go to work for a few hours, a few days, and you got to do that. And when you do that, you're making an investment in your future work-life balance. Just keep that in mind. You're actually doing something so that you can get a return on that family time. Two weekends from now, once the automation is set up, a lot of times, depending on the platform, depending on how many different platforms are you trying to connect with this automation, that's another one of my pet peeves. If you're trying to connect, six different platforms, instead of taking the 80% of the one platform, then I'm thinking that you may be creating more problems. That can be done in a relatively short period of time and it generally doesn't break for the most part. And so when you make that investment to set it up once, you're setting it up perpetually until you decide to revisit your messaging or revisit some process from time to time. It's just running and it's working.
1: We're not encouraging you to go out and spend money because probably within your CRM right now, and you have the tools to do this, but so many of us don't take the time to invest Best to figure out what the tools that we already pay for can do. So this may be one of those times that it's time to hop on a quick chat with the support system at your CRM or dig down Google. You know, I'm the Google and YouTube video queen. It is amazing. If you go to YouTube, type in what you want to do, there are going to be videos there that tell you exactly how to do it. So don't spend money trying to do this. Invest your time in trying to do this. I have a quick question for you. There's a bazillion synonyms in insurance. When I came on board and you would talk about, you know, we have carriers and we have markets and we have insurance. And and, I, and I'm going, well, what's the difference? And it's, it's all the same thing, right? So with all of these different synonyms, is there Any other name for a hard market?
0: I don't have one. Hard market is just hard market. It has a counterpart with soft market, but...
1: Which causes the same problems, interestingly enough.
0: For whatever reason, I've just never heard anything other than hard market for a hard market or soft market for a soft market. It's just the way it is.
1: I think this is one of those places where words have power. And Shane, you're going to laugh at me. I know you are. You're already starting to get that little smirk on your face. But what if we stop? Like, what if we stop... Every day talking about... It's a hard market. Why don't we talk about it being a fierce market? Like it gives us this really fierce opportunity to grow our agency or aggressive or some other word that we can start using in our mind internally and we can start using within our agencies just to quit having such a a negative view of it. It is fierce right now. It is fierce out there. And I like that so much more than talking about how hard it is.
0: Of course, I am laughing a little bit inside as you say that. What's funny about it is that hard market actually is a positive happy turn for some parts of the industry, like underwriters and surplus lines companies and the ENS marketplace as a whole is smiling and loving life right now. So hard market to them is the perfect market. And so I think it just depends on what part of the business and what part of the industry that you're in. If you're an auto carrier right now, you're trying to figure out how to get your auto book back into profitability with all all this severity and frequency claims thing going on and plus the inflationary measure. It's not a happy term. Hard market doesn't mean profit and happiness right now to you. It is a term that has different meanings and different connotations to different parts of the industry. But I do like the positive spin of, is there a different word? Can we say a challenging market?
1: From a coaching perspective, though, if you're coaching a team or you're coaching a person and they talk about it's just hard or this team we're going up against, they're just hard. And I had a coach that used to say to me, yeah they're good. They're fantastic. Are they better than you? Probably. Yeah, they are better than you. But you have a fierceness that if you go out there and just be fierce, then you never know what's going to happen. And that kind of became a mantra for me because when I would look at something and think, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. There's no way I can do this. And then I thought, no, I am going to go into battle and I'm going to put the armor on and I'm going to do all of this stuff. And I'm going to look at this from a different perspective, looking at it from a different perspective can change the whole thing.
0: The lens that you look through is extremely important. And I never think about things as, oh, that team is better or, oh, I can't beat them. I am actually the believer in anybody can beat anyone on any given day. How you look through this lens, are you going to look at it as the negative view? Or are you going to look at it as the positive? Because there is a lot of positive in this hard market. As crazy as that sounds to say out loud. There are positives if you will look at them, if you will choose to see through that lens versus the negative lens.
1: I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Greg Troy. I don't plan on being disappointed. I plan on being really good and obviously we plan on winning.
0: Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com That's IntegraAgent.com Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you Never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more
1: at iaforward.com.